Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and uh, you have downloaded All Ball. Uh, This is um, a continued conversation in part two, and uh, I'll give you some of my uh, other thoughts on on some of the, the college beat, if you will, some unbelievable first half of the season storylines, if you will. Like, look, we're waking up, Tim Miles, San Jose State beat UNLV. Like, that's an incredible win. And, and I understand that San Jose State's not a not an NCAA tournament team, but more importantly, uh, it was a completely dormant program. And to beat Vegas uh, at home, and th- they don't get a ton of support. Like, that's gigantic. Uh, there's also more commentary I'd like to make on the transfer portal and things like that. But I don't want to take away from this part two of this conversation. When we last talked with Joe Golden, who's of course now the head coach at UTEP, uh, he had been a high school coach. He had been a college assistant. You know, he had been at, uh, at Arkansas Little Rock among other places. And now he finally gets his chance to be a head coach. Granted, not a division one head coach, Right away, and he wasn't the first choice of his own alma mater. All right, take a listen. This is Joe Golden, the head coach at UTEP, getting his first college head coaching job at his alma mater, and how it took him from there to taking that job and ultimately beating Texas as a Division One program in the NCAA tournament, and then, and then ultimately leaving and getting to UTEP. This is all part of an amazing, amazing journey. Here's part two. So you get the job. Yep. Is that your alma mater? It's pretty cool. Yep. Yep. Were they were they good when you got the job? No. No. Okay. So what do you have? But Grant had been there two months. What do so, you have coming? So Grant recruited some players, right? Uh, in that two months. So so we were able to keep some of those players. Um, and so basically I coached Grant's team um that first year. Didn't have time to hire an assistant. I don't know if you know Brian Burton. He's doing a little social media stuff now. Uh, I don't know. Brian, no assistant. 
Yeah, so I'm Brian Burton was our GA, and I oh, I know Brian. Brian. Yeah, and I, I know Brian Bri really well. Yeah, so I moved Brian up to be assistant coach, and Brian and I were together at Collin County. Small world in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much are you making now? So now I'm making about 60, 60 65 And you and and you let your wife buy a house. And so we buy a house. Yeah, we, okay. we buy a house. And she thinks at this time, man, we're done, right, Doug? Is it? I'm a coach for uh, for fifty years, forty years, and we're retiring, raising our family. We've made it. She did her job. It's over. When uh, when did did you know they were going Division One? So I'd always heard about it um, over that last year or so. But to be honest, like AC had always talked about it, but AC didn't care about athletics at that time, right? Uh, they really didn't know. And it, again, it was the school run by uh, a preacher always. Um, and I just didn't think there was any chance when I go back this third time, the president was a guy by the name of Phil Schubert, who's an incredible president, uh, incredible leader and was a business guy. Right. So it was the first time the school was ran by a business guy, not a preacher. And he was very, he, I, I could tell he was serious about the move to division one. Right. Um, they, they were doing a focus groups. They were doing a bunch of studies, um, so I'd heard the rumors, but I really thought it would never happen. Um, I literally found out when everybody else did, man. We, we, we literally found out 48 hours before they had a press conference announcing that we were going to the Southland Conference. That's when I found out. Um, okay, so the first year you coached his team. Again, now you have even more experience, but it's not players that you recruited. Yep. Are you running flex? Are you running motion? What are you doing? So we ran, uh, we, we, we ran some, some motion. Um, again, um, and then we ran, uh, a little ball screen motion, a little ball screen motion. We call it open, but, um, uh, hell every college basketball team runs it now, but basically, you know, two guys in the deep corner, two guys on the wing, right. Uh, and slot ball screen and play off of it. What are your practices like? Um, I was trying to be Steve Shields, uh, who, who was, uh, who was a old school coach, right. Um, really, really tough on the players. Um, hard practices, uh, completely different than, than who I am as a person, right? Um, I, I, I tried to be Steve Schultz, right, instead of Joe Golding at this time. Um, so not in a bad way. I don't mean that in no, a bad no, way. No, I, I, it's, it's really uh, – that's why I asked because, yeah. you know, like you try and kind of find yourself and, you know, like, heck, I remember – I mean, again, this is this is very early. Like you're, you're formed really by – your dad, if he's a coach, and, yep. and my dad, like, I try and do have better sideline demeanor and decorum than my dad, but it's still not great, yep. you know. And then your high school coach, and I played for two really good coaches in high school. I played for two great coaches in college, and anyway, and it kind of forms you. But even then, it takes you a while of being a head coach before you kind of figure out who you are and what you want to do. Yeah, no, no, there's no question. And I learned a lot from, from Steve Shields. That's where I learned basketball, work ethic, grinding, adversity. Um, and I was just trying to be him. I mean, he was a hell of a coach, and I was trying to be him. And um, it, it wasn't working. I mean, um, our first two years, we were okay. We, 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 we did some things that hadn't been done around there in a long time with some wins and some different things, but we, were, we still weren't any good, right? Um, and and – uh, I, I looking back on it, you know, you laugh now with what you know, right? But but um, you know, I, I was I, I thought I had all the answers as a young coach. I wouldn't want to listen to other people and um, was just trying to take basically the Little Rock, you know, model and implement it at Abilene Christian. How many people were coming to the Moody Center at that time? 
Oh, man, we were lucky, honestly, Doug, to have 100, 100, 200 people at a game. So then how did you turn? So then we so then we go to Division One, right? And um, here your, we your are. First, your first Division One game is against who? The transition, the first transition year. I don't even remember, man. That's a hell of a I need to go back and look at that. I, I know this. Uh, our first year, we went on a span. Uh, we played Duquesne, Maryland, Iowa, um, Xavier, TCU. Um, we won our first Division One game in February. We won at the buzzer. Parker Wentz, one of our guards, hit a shot at the buzzer, and they and they called it, it, they called goaltending on it, man, to win the game. Goaltending. We celebrated like we won the national championship, man. We went crazy. Um, we we we, uh, we 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 didn't have good enough players off. I mean, think about this, man. When you go transition to D two to D one, you can't play in the postseason for four years. No NCAA tournament, nothing. No NIT. You can play in the CBI or CIT if you finish above five hundred. Um, Your first Division One game was Duquesne. It says so. That was that year. That was the is that two thousand thirteen? Yes, that was it. Okay, so you lost to Duquesne by nineteen. We played the, Maryland. Yep. Yeah, you lost to St. Bonaventure by 28. Hey, you ever played there? No, but I heard it's awesome. The Ryan Center. Here's, here's, here's my here's my St. Bonaventure story that I, I got from Fran McCaffrey, who he recruited me to Notre Dame. So I never forget this one. So Monty Williams, you remember Monty missed like a year oh, and yeah. a half of basketball with a heart with a heart issue. Yeah. So it was after the Len after the, the Len Bias thing, or maybe the Hank Gathers thing. Everybody started getting tested for the heart issue stuff, and he had some some uh, irregularity in his heartbeat. His first game back was at St. Bonaventure at the Ryan Center. And right before tip-off, you know, they do the intros or whatever, and they're taking off their sweats. They're getting ready. The, the student section, which was supposedly vicious back in the day. I don't know if they were like that when you were there. They go, hey, Monty, beep, beep, Oh, beep, wow. Beep. <laughs> You're like, that's, well, that's, that's terrible and amazing. First, you, you got it right. Dude. Like, it, it's an incredible place. Holy There's, shit. I will beat you 103 to 41. Hey, so hell of a story on that, too, Doug. And by the way, that guy Smith at, at St. Bonaventure can coach. Damn good coach. Uh, but we go play Fran. And, and your boy, I don't know Fran, uh, but uh, you, you remind him when you talk to him again. Uh, that's when they had Gamble and all these guys. They're up like 50 on us, and he's still pressing us with like a minute to minute and a half to what go the in the fuck? game. Why is he pressing? I, hell if I know, man. And just beating us uh, as bad as he can beat us. We get to the airport the next morning, and we're flying out, and this old couple, had to be in their, their 80s, uh, late 80s, comes up to me, and she says, hey, aren't you the head coach at Abilene Christian? I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, well, me and whatever her husband's name, let's say his name was Rick, right? She's like, me and my husband, Rick, we were at the game last night. We're, we're season ticket holders for Iowa, and we just wanted to let you know that we're going to keep you in our prayers all year. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Your first butt tickets I've ever taken, man, was right there in Iowa, man. I'll never play Iowa again. I'll never go back to whatever that damn city, Iowa City or whatever it is. I'll yeah, never Iowa go City. Car Carver Hawkeye. Yeah. Car Carver Hawkeye. Um you yeah, you did you, you yeah, you did your your first division one win was it was Houston. Well, you beat Houston right. first years in a row. Central Arc. When, they yeah. one, when you beat Central, yeah, they were D one yeah. we beat them. They were, uh, we played Maryland really good right before the Iowa game, and we were actually up on Maryland. Um 
which screwed us for the Iowa game because then Fran probably put that game tape in, right, showed his team, and um, they freaking blitzed us. But uh, we were bad. We were bad. We had a bunch of good dudes, man. They played hard. Um, but, you know, we, we had a bunch of guys that had no Division One offers. They were at ACU for a reason, you know? No, no question. No question. Um, what is it? The, ne- the next year you lost 19 in a row. Yeah, so we go from four wins to eight wins to that third year. We go – we win our last – we win our last game at Incarnate Word to finish 15 and 15 on the year, which oh, – qualifi- but, 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 but I want, I want to get to that one second, but just help, help me with this, okay? Because yep. I really struggled emotionally with losing when I was in Notre Dame. I didn't know how to lose. Yep. I'd never been uh, – I was at a good high school program. We didn't fucking lose, yep. right? I was yep. a good AU team. Like we didn't freaking lose. I I'm not a great loser now, yep. but that really taught me kind of how to lose games. Yep. But even then, it it motivated me. Like and look, you weren't great when you played in college, but I guarantee every team you probably coached after that was at least above 500. What yep. what is that? How do you handle that when you come home? How do you handle it with the players? You it's know. The hard- ever gone through man um transition is the hardest thing I, I i was like you i won in high school uh we weren't any good at ac like i told you as a player but the last two years we were it's, it's the hardest thing man i i struggled with it I, i'd never lost before I, I wasn't a bad dad or a bad i i, I was but i was not happy at home uh, i wasn't happy coaching um those first couple years of the transition but 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 i, I here, here's what i've always wanted doug i wanted to, i want a fair shake in the fight right and when you're at that level and you're going through transition, you're playing teams that you it ain't fair, right? I mean, we, we got no chance. Um, and that was always frustrating, too. It, it was challenging. And, and the one side of it early on, you're like, you take it as a competitor, like you said you were. You take it as, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go beat him, and he's got that, right? Um, and it challenges as a coach to come up with game plans and different ways to be competitive and try to win. But at the end of the day, we just weren't good enough um, to, to win those games. And it, I struggled with that, man. I struggled with that a lot. Um, I would never say I became complacent to losing, but it was hard, man, because you had a team of guys that were giving us everything they had. They were trying their best. Um, so it was hard to ridicule them or be mad at them. Um, and you had to keep them positive and keep them upbeat and keep them playing hard. Um, so it was challenging, man. It, 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 it was the most challenging thing um, that I've ever, ever been through. Mm. Um, okay. So then obviously you turned it in year three. Yeah, we get a great freshman recruiting class. We got in Jalen Franklin um, from Little Rock, Jaron Lewis from Florida. Um, we got a big kid named Jelani Friday. Uh, we got a kid from Throckmorton named Hayden Farquhar. Then the big seven footer Colton. We we get all we we get we get a we get a group of freshmen that we can build with. We finally got some real players. So so how? But but how? I mean, like, look, man, you got a good personality. Like crazy, man. We just, I, I mean, again, like what we did the other night on that Christmas trip, driving 10 hours, we were sleeping in the car, Doug. We were driving around, man. We were trying to find any kid. And at this point, we could sell a high school kid that for two years he couldn't play postseason, but the next two he could, right? So, like, you're, you're going to play. Every year we finished, like, you know, you, you postseason became a part of that process in recruiting for those kids at some point in time in their career. Um, so that made it a little bit better. What was the, was the church element of it better with the parent that actually help you with some parents that, Hey, we got, yeah, I mean, absolutely. you find a niche in recruiting, right? You're trying to find a guy that comes from a background like that. Absolutely. How do um, you get a kid to go to buy into the idea of Abilene? Like where's Abilene? 
Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Now, I will say this, man. It's a beautiful campus, unbelievable campus, beautiful people. So if you could get them there, right, um, they liked it, right? They liked the small town feel. They liked the small campus side. Uh, the president would meet with recruits, right? Um, the AD would meet with the recruits. So they, they liked a bunch of it. If we could ever get them there, the hard part was getting them there, right, uh, convincing them to come on a visit. But we were fortunate. Uh, like Jalen Franklin, we found him in a back gym, man, at, at uh, one of the Dallas uh, AAU tournaments. Nobody was watching him in a back gym, uh, and it ends up being Player of the Year, you know, in the South and Conference. We're just finding guys. That's, like that, like, that's the Max Aceman story, right? Like all these guys are. What's the kid's name? Shit, he's a Dallas kid. Um, he's with the Celtics now. He went to Vandy. Uh, Luke uh, Cornett. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Luke Luke Cornett. So like, um, um, they told the Vanderbilt guys told me like. We we went to we went to a gym. He was like he was an unsigned senior, and he was playing. And I'm not sure if he was playing an unsigned senior event. He's just like a seven footer, and you know, super raw, good grades, whatever. But they like randomly showed up like early for a game and saw him playing, and found out he had grades and started recruiting him. Like he's he's in the NBA. It's it's amazing. Sometimes there's luck. Sometimes yep. it's like like I said, the ability to eval. You say it's a gift. It's a skill. Email, or like to your point, and then there's luck, absolutely. And then there's, you know, sometimes in recruiting, the longer you're in this business, there's the guy you recruit forever. And yeah. It's the hardest guy to get, and he ends up not being a good player at all. And then there's the one you get because, you know, something happens. You have nowhere you get, else to go sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, for one month or two weeks, and he signs, and he ends up being, the you know, a hell of a player. So it's recruiting. Um, it, it happens. But that class was special. And we, we won the game at Incarnate Word to go to 15 and 15, which qualifies for the CIT or CBI. And we played Drake. Um, and Drake was coached by the guy that's at Colorado State now. Uh, yep. Hell of a coach. Yep. Uh, and Nico he had, yeah. And he actually took the Colorado State job. We lost to him in overtime, Doug. They had a really good team. Um, and we lost to him in overtime. But that was the first time our guys got, got to experience postseason play, right? Win or go home. Um, and that, that really, uh, that really, uh, helped our program, elevated our program. Uh, we knew at that point, man, we were turning the corner, um, and it set us up for the, you know, the first year that we could be out of the transition, man, it set it up for that year. That was year four. We went to CIT or CBI year five was the first year we could go to the NCAA tournament. And, um, you got this, you probably got that pulled up, but I think we won 25. We had a hell of a team, man. We won 27. like 27 games. Um, go to the conference tournament for the first time. Um, we got the double bye because we finished in second place. Um, Sam Houston got upset. Jason Hooten's team. That's another great coach, uh, Jason Hooten. Um, they got upset in the semifinals by New Orleans. And uh, we beat New Orleans uh, in the in the championship game. Uh, we beat Slash, my good buddy, uh, at New Orleans. And um, so we've never been in the conference tournament ever. We get there and we win them both, right? So we go two and zero. We go to the NCAA tournament, and our our school is going bonanzas, right? They're going crazy. It's year one of the. It's our first year to ever be eligible for it, and we and we make the NCAA tournament. So here's the story, man. It couldn't be any better, right? We're the worst Division One team in the country four years ago. And now we're going to the NCAA tournament, and we draw Kentucky, right? <laughs> By the way, I want to I want to point out to you that year, Chris Beard beat the shit out of you. That yeah. was that wasn't very nice of him. So he beat the shit out of me. I want to say twice. 
the third time we had him beat, and, and, and he doesn't make a field goal the last 10 minutes of the game, Doug. It was when Culver and Matt Mooney's team, right? Yeah. He didn't make a field goal the last 10 minutes. No, no, no. Culver's team beat the crap out of us, Matt Mooney. It was uh, – It was um, – Dean Evans? No. Next year? No, 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 no. It was after got, Culver. It was uh, from Georgetown, Matt McClung's team. Yes. We had a beat, Doug. They don't score a field goal the last 10 minutes, but they shoot like 20 free throws, right? That's what your point earlier, right? They got all the calls, you know? You didn't think you just you got to check in a win. Yeah, he went like 52 to 49 or something, but we had his ass, man. Um, he'll never admit that, but that's, that's a fact. Um, yeah, yeah. 51-44? Yeah, we had him, though, man. We had him. Uh, they this, got, hold on. I got, I got, you got everything on this, this deal. This is amazing. They shot 37 free throws. Uh, you shot nine. There you go. <laughs> so we beat here. We beat Texas Tech, right? <laughs> uh, on five, man. They were two of 15 from three. Hey, you couldn't sum up a guarantee game any better than that stat right there, man. Huh? Two of 15 from three, 12 of 43 from the field. You held in the 27.9% field goal shooting. Ah. You shoot, uh, you shot 37%, six of nine uh, from the free throw line, uh, six of 18. Percentage wise, beat them on everything. Okay. Um, you did have 20 turnovers, although yeah, I'm sure some of those were. Turn them over, though, I think, too. Uh, they had 16. Yeah. Namari Burnett. Namari Burnett, that was like his one big, one decent game there. Namari Burnett had. He played well. He had a big shot. Well, he had eight, eight of ten from the free throw line, and he had three steals. Yeah, he had steals and the dunks. Uh, we beat him. <laughs> we beat him. We beat him. Yeah. Um, dub. When they yeah. got a thirty-seven free throws to your nine, that counts as a dub. No question. Yeah. I, I, I posthumously count that as a, as a win on your schedule. So each year we got a little bit closer to him, right? Um, but uh, never, never could beat him. Um, we got close. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
but yeah, we go play Kentucky and, and you can imagine Doug, like this is the first time I'd ever been in the NCAA tournament, right? As a coach, our, our program, first time ever, place was going crazy. Um, we were on vacation, man. We, we got picked to go play in Jacksonville, Florida against Kentucky. Um, I mean, come on, man. Right. Like we, we, we get the police escort, the steak and lobster. Um, I mean, we could care less about playing Kentucky, right? We'd already won, uh, by going there and Kentucky beat the, beat the crap out of us, man. Now that's when I tore that hole in my pants, you know, and I, I did that to try to relieve some pressure off our guys and was hoping they would talk about that. And, um, they, they, they pounded us, man. We, I, I didn't think we were going to score the first media. It was, it's, we have not, we have no points. And we, Hayden Farquhar, uh, banks in a three. Thank God. Bank, bank three, um, to at least put us on the board. The only chance we had is if they would hedge our ball screens, right? Or give us a chance to get the ball moving a little bit. And the very first possession, we ran a middle ball screen to see what they would do. And they switched it, right? And as soon as they switched it, they stayed in front of our point guard. We knew right then it's going to be a long night, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you can but, do Nothing we can do. Nothing nothing you can do. Just enjoy it. Yeah, we just ate it. And, uh, you know, obviously making the NCAA tournament was huge. But what normally happens is at that level, you make the NCAA tournament, you turn around a program, you're out, right? You leave. Yep. Uh, What what were the jobs that you turned down? You know what? I really didn't turn anything down that year. Um, I didn't get involved. Really, nobody knew who the hell we were, Doug, you know? I mean, we've been so far off. We'd never been Division One, never eligible. It just kind of came out of left field, right? And then my, my, my um, what do you call it, your career record, I gave up on that a long time ago, right? When you go from transition from, from D1 or D2 to D1, you're going to get your butt kicked. So, uh, you know, my, my record at the time was career record was probably god-awful. You know, it still ain't great, even though we've won 20 games like five or six years in a row. Um, we just got our butt kicked for so long. I got involved a little bit with the, um, Lipscomb job in Nashville. Um, um, I talked to to them a little bit if my memory serves me correctly. And then there was one other, I can't think what the other, there might've been a couple, but I didn't really get, get, get involved in anything. Um, so, um, there wasn't a whole lot of movement. I, I didn't have a whole lot of movement then. So the, your last team there. Okay. Your, your last team there. Yeah. Uh, Special. So, yes. But so, so again, first you go to the tournament. What's that like coming back? You know, coming back to the league, coming back, trying to do it again. You know, again, most coaches leave because it's yeah. so, not only you get more money, but it's so hard to go back yeah. after you finally made it. What was it like that next year? Yeah, it was hard. So coaching, learning another lesson in the coaching ladder or, or learning uh, coaching one-on-one is how do you coach a team now that's had success, that's never had success, right? Now now, now you're the the hunted, right? Not the hunter, you know? And um, so so how do you coach that? How do you react to that? We, we lost that core group of seniors that had taken us from dead last to the NCAA tournament. They graduated. We had a few guys back, um, but they were also different you know, role players at the time. And then, you know, we had some guys that we had been developing uh, that we that were going to have to step in. And so we actually came back that next year and had a hell of a year. We finished in second place uh, to Stephen F. Austin, and that was the COVID year. So we got down to the tournament and COVID hits. Um, so you can't play for anything, you know. And then, um, you know, you come back to that team you're talking about. Um, you know, we had a bunch of guys back. We lost Peyton Ricks, who was, was probably our best player the COVID year. Uh, our leading scorer uh, out of Kansas, hell of a player. Um, we lost him, but we pretty much brought uh, everybody else back, if my memory serves me correctly. So we had a bunch back. We just had lost him. Um, and 
we just had a group at that point, Doug. We, we had the program where we wanted it, right? It was kind of running itself, you know? Uh, we had a great culture. Um, you know, our guys defended at a high level. They got along. We had great relationships with them. They knew how we, how we were going to win games. They believed we could win games. <clears throat> um, there was a huge – we had completely flipped the program around, right? Uh, from a program that never thought they'd go to the NCAA tournament to a program that expects to go to the NCAA tournament, right? Um, and that group was special, man. That that group was uh, a team yeah, not just because of Texas win, just all year. I think if you go back, there's a stat somebody told me a year or two ago, um, right after the season. Um, I mean, our, our margin of victory was like 20-something, right? Bro, listen, so, listen let, me, let me just for, – for people who don't – like who just parachuted in and saw you beat Texas and then lose to UCLA. Right. That I, when I, when I knew you were going to come on, I, I, something recalled my memory. Like you won your conference tournament championship game by like 30. Yeah. yeah. Every other conference tournament championship at that level is a, you know, ball in the air. Anybody can win. Right. No doubt. How no many doubt. times I see Murray State and fucking Belmont, you know, yeah. playing double and triple overtime. <laughs> and the worst thing is usually, the team that doesn't deserve to win wins, you know, yeah. or the, the team that doesn't have as good a season. You, you guys won. I mean, you, you crushed them. Yeah. <laughs> crushed them. Yeah. The no. other part to it, which is interesting, is <clears throat> you mentioned Jay Suton. What a good job he's done. Like the, the, the rise of Abilene Christian is in the same league as Putin's done. He's got a really good team this year. Oh. And Stephen F was the same time, right, with Brad. Like this is all going at the same time. And I yep. know there's a ton of players in the state of Texas. I get it. You know, that that's probably one of the things it speaks to. But that's really hard to be com super competitive consistently in a league when other programs got it going on. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I remember the first year we went to Division One. you looked at Sam Houston, right? You looked at SFA and you said, there's no way we could ever get to that level, right? No chance. Uh, to five, fast forward four or five, six years later, man, we were beating those guys consistently, right? Um, and, and, and not, I shouldn't say consistently. I mean, they were beating us too, but we were in the games, right? We were beating them some um, and we were in the games. And um, it, it's just people don't – I wish people understood and could live a year at the low major life, right? And understood the pressure. Reality show. The the pressure, the, no question. It would be a hell of a reality show. It's just the pressure. You play all year for three days in March, right? Your whole season, to, and to your point, the best team doesn't always, most of the time doesn't win. You know, like it just. That, that by, and look, I know you won that year. You beat, and for people, you beat Lamar by 22. You beat Nickel State in the championship game by 34. God damn, take it easy. But the 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 double bye can sometimes. I used to like we Big Twelve tournament. The year we had the bye, we lost to Texas the first game. That was Pender's last win. Mm -hmm. And then the next two years, we had the we we didn't have the bye. I liked it better because you get a game against the shitty team, usually Baylor, yeah. right? Baylor, <laughs> and then, that was back when Baylor was shitty. Yeah. And but you got a you got a game kind of under your belt. Yep. And it, it wasn't until Sunday. If you got, we got one year. We got the Sunday, right? That it that you were tired. But outside yep. that, like, bro, one game, you know, one game against Baylor. That's not killing you. <clears throat> Better than practice. Yeah. And so, so you guys did the double buys. So that's really, really. So okay. So what, what were you like as a coach then, and maybe even in the now? Really changed, right? <laughs> Completely changed uh, with that group uh, years before. Um, and, and I started coaching on relationships, right? Uh, I started building real relationships with these guys, spending time with them, getting to know them off the floor, 
um, loving on them, having them over to the house. I'm a high energy guy. Um, I, I, I coach with enthusiasm, energy. Um, I don't necessarily mother. I, I don't, I don't mother F them, you know, and get in their face and threaten them with their life and their scholarship and that I build relationships. I, you know, we have a saying, we coach you hard in between the lines. We love you harder outside the lines. Uh, just, just really built relationships, got them to build relationships with each other, care about each other. Um, you know, a, a stat that always used to coach shields used to always tell us that like 70 something percent of college basketball games are won in the last four minutes or whatever. Um, and that always stuck with me in the sense that, okay, so now you're in a one or two or three possession game with four minutes to go. Who wins that game? Well, to me, you, the easy answer is the team with the best players, right? Or a team, a point guard, you put the ball in his hands and go win your game. But to me, it's always been now a team that that has real relationships and believes in each other, right? Like, so when you're in that media timeout with four minutes to go, and I'm looking at you, Doug, and I, you and I, we have a real relationship, right? It means something. We're going to have a hell of a lot better chance to win that game than the other team who, you know, they could give two shits about their teammate. They just want to know how many points they score, right? Or how many shots they're getting. And so we really spent time on building the culture in that. We obviously had an idea of defense. Um, what was your... What was your tech? What's your technique for building relationship with a kid? I what spend you- a ton of time with them, man. I, I, I meet with them in the Ow. morning, at night, in the morning, at practice. Um, I, I make sure our GAs communicate with me, our strength coaches, our trainers, who they spend time with, what's going on in their lives, so I can stay on top of it as well. Um, and and uh, I've learned this, man. When guys are going through injuries, you know, they're by themselves, they're lonely. That's always always a great time to go show them, you know, that you care about them, not just when they're playing, but just different times like that. Just just truly, um, you know, trying to show them that I care about them more than basketball. We we started doing stuff on road trips where we would take them to the beach, uh, you know, or we would go have fun, right? Or go do things. Um, got creative on how we would do basketball stuff, but we work hard, Doug. I mean, you know how we play defensively, right? It ain't easy. We get after it. Um, we fly around, so we demand a lot on the floor from them, um, but. but same time um we just spend a lot of time a lot a lot of time on that relationship piece man um the texas game okay so it's covid year but they just came off a big 12 championship right and they're good you know they're good they got pros and they're good and the other part to it that one would think would be uh, that of all guys that would know, that would understand what, how you guys were playing, it would be Shaka, right? It would be undersized guys, guys that get after it, <clears throat> really tenacious. Like you would think like, man, that's, this is a layup for them because that's the style that he knows. It's not, not the Havoc style, but in terms of smaller players getting after defensively up the line, <clears throat> and yet they just, they could never get in a rhythm. That was the thing. They could, they could just never get, even when the, the game was close and they probably felt like they should, but they were never really looked like a well-oiled machine. What, what do you remember about the prep for the game? Yeah, I remember getting there. Um, and then we, we thought, we thought we were going to be a 13 seed, honestly. And we thought we were going to draw Oklahoma state. Um, and then we get to 14 and get Texas. And, I, I knew right away the way our guys – now, it was COVID. We were at the hotel. I get it. It was different than being there the first time at a pep rally, right, in front of like 300 people, 400, whatever it was in Abilene the first time we made it. We're in there by ourselves in the ballroom. Um, you've been there, man. I mean, like you get it, man. Like Kansas has double ballrooms, triple ballrooms. Arkansas is across. We're in this small little closet. I wouldn't even call it a damn ballroom. Um 
we got our chairs lined up. They, they introduced Texas and our guys didn't go crazy. Right. There wasn't a celebration or going nuts or ha like it was like business like. Right. It was like, OK, it's Texas, man. Let's go. Um, I knew uh, we, we introduced our, our Texas to our players the next day. I think we had a 24 hour COVID break after that. where We couldn't see anybody. We were locked in our rooms for 24 hours. And then we got out. And when we got out and we had the game plan, obviously, at that point ready, uh, we convinced our guys that Texas Tech had beaten them twice. And we we had Tech. That was the year you and I talked about earlier, right? We had Tech beat. Um, and so we knew we could play with them. Um, you know, we convinced our guys of that. I thought How it was good. Kids from the state of Texas were on your team? We had a few, but not many. And that was a good thing, too, right? Because they didn't know who the hell Texas was, right? Well, like, it can work we, both Though, because like I remember, Desmond Mason used to he he fucking hated Texas. Like, he yeah. hated everything about Texas. Yeah, and he get himself work. Now we never won in Austin, and he would just he to this day like he fucking hates it. Like you can't talk to him about it, right? So, but some kids are like fuck Texas. You know, I grew up in Texas. They didn't recruit me. I just didn't know if you had any of that. No, um, we might have had a couple. I'm trying to think, but it wasn't. Uh, uh, it was more our staff, right? Like chip on our shoulder, right? Like to what we were talking about earlier, man. And this was our opportunity. And we knew when we put in the first tape, we could play with Texas. We did, man. Uh, the way they ran the ball screens, we knew that they would they would uh, move the basketball, but we would fly around, you know, on that. And that's the kind of game we want. We, we couldn't have them ISO us. Um, I think coming off the Big 12 championship game, they'd won it. That, was a, that, that helped us, right, um, with that. Um, one of the biggest keys was Coleman, their point guard. He was obviously really, really good. He got MVP of the Big 12 tournament, if memory serves me correctly. And he, uh, but he was an unselfish kid, right? He, he liked to get the, everybody involved. He didn't like, you could tell he didn't like all the attention. So we knew early he would come out and try to share the basketball a bunch, right? We thought if he, when he ever decided to take over and just ISO us in the middle of the floor one-on-one, -on -one, we, we'd be in trouble. And he didn't do that really until about the last four or five minutes, you know? Um, and we knew as long as they were moving the ball, we could fly around and rotate. Uh, the question was, how the hell do we score, yeah. right? length and size could we score enough points um you know we, we felt like we could guard it could we, could we score enough and could we rebound the basketball um and then we go down at halftime um uh, but uh what, our beliefs huh what'd you say to him at halftime yeah i just said hey the game's right we want i think we we're down like three or four right it was right there i said man we just gotta have to hit some shots um you know we, we gotta continue to take care of the basketball this, we, this tone of voice or more animated you, uh, you, you no I was probably more animated. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, you know, just trying to get them. They believed at that point and they, they believed they could win, but we were all animated and we didn't make a whole lot of adjustments. The game plan was going the kind of the way we wanted it. Uh, we got them out. They, they pressed us early. We got them out. We had a plan to attack their press and be aggressive on it. Um, and we got them out of the press. Um, so now it became a half court game. Um, and, you know, here some people get on us offensively or they've gotten on me uh, over my time. Um, you know, about offensively, you know, challenging at times and running two games with different stuff. But here's what people are when, when you don't have the, the players that they have, right? And the talent, NBA, you got to slow the game down, right? Uh, if I'm the head coach at Texas one day and I'm coaching all Americans and McDonald's, I'm going to be running two. This has been my, this has honestly been my thing with, yeah, it's coaching with, with, with like Syracuse, right? Yeah. Is the, how they play defensively, playing a two three zone, it allows the other team to determine. The pace of the game, right? right? You can hold the ball against the zone. You can not hold it, whatever you want. And my point is that I've tried to talk to, like, I tried to talk to Chris Baham. Like, he has a good press. And he's, at times, he's had a good team, not this year, last couple of years, but he had a good team for pressing. But they only panic press when they're down like 15 late, right? 
like, hey, man, you need to force your will, put play some, and it's the same idea. <clears throat> the better the team, the more possessions you want because you got better players, the more stronger likelihood is of winning. The yeah. worse the team, the slower you play, you control the game, you know, you make them think about it. And that's really what happened. Yeah. <laughs> is that you got into it, you got them into a dogfight and yeah. they wanted no part. And where your guys are like, this is, when did you, when did you know? Do you remember looking I, up the scoreboard I, going? I, Again, I knew right when we put in the game tape you know, or with, that we could play with them. I knew about the tip, the ten minute mark of the game in the second half, and you know, we had the lead. Um, I don't remember, Doug. It's say six, seven. You know, we we had stretched it. Maybe if memory serves me correctly, up to eight at one time. I call. I, I told our guys we got to get to the four minute mark. Right? If we get to the four minute TV timeout, all the pressure will be on them. Um, you know, and then, we're, and then we're going to go, we're going to play. But I, I, we went to our delay game at about the 10 minute mark just to get to the four minute mark. Right. Um, and we probably went to the delay game too quick. Right. Um, that's one regret I have a little bit on it is we probably should, should have kind of continued on a little bit. That's but that old, that's that old Texas high school basketball, no shot clock bullshit you were trying to do. At this point I was like, man, we're going to get to the four minute mark with a chance to beat Texas. Right. right. Um, and so the delay game and we quit scoring. Um, and so they get back in it, but we still had the lead. We're still controlling it. Um, and we believed, you know, and, uh, at the four minute mark, you know, we told, we, we told a story back in the day about me being at the casino with Brett Tanner, our assistant. And, uh, I, 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 I like to have a few cocktails at the casino and, and it helps my gambling, right. A courageous gambler. Uh, and I've, I've got my butt kicked a few times. And so I got my butt kicked on the, uh, roulette table, craps table. I tried to go get my butt money at the roulette table back. And, uh, you always bet on black, right? So I gave my money. The bread had been holding like $200 for me to make sure I had enough money to get home. And I said, hey, you put all that money on black. I'm going to turn around, walk around. I'm not going to watch it. And and Tanner didn't, man. T Tanner only put half my money on black and it hit black, right? So I gave Tanner. I was pissed about Tanner. So you should have bet 200 bucks. You only bet 100 Man, You didn't have confidence. You didn't believe. So the whole week we were telling him this story. So at the four minute media, I said, "Boys, we're putting it all on black now, man. Screw Brett Tanner, right? It all everybody and they they loved it. They started laughing and, and kind of broke it uh, broke it up a little bit and the pressure and um we, we we played it perfect, man, to the bone. We turned it over twice. We got a five second count and we turned it over late in the backcourt, which allowed them to get back in it. And then and then it's like Andrew Jones hits the three and, and then it, like it, it hits you in your mind, man. It's like okay, dude, like. Texas is going to beat us. Andrew Jones hit the three. He deserves it, right? He just beat cancer, for God's sake, right? It's a hell of a story, dude. Like, you know, I mean, that's that shot's supposed to go in, right? I mean, and and you're almost somewhat happy for him, right? Like, for all the, what the kid's been through. Um, and then it's our ball. So now we're down one for the first time in literally probably 12 minutes, right? We've been controlling the game. You would think the team would say, okay, it's over, right? I mean, we had it and we screwed it up and – um We've been working on this play. That I think we call it Kansas or Pistol. We've been working on it all year um, as, as a late game play. Um, and how much time? So there's like, I want to say 10, 10 seconds, 10, 11, 12, from there. So we had the play put in, uh, but it was the wrong play to run against Texas because they involved some ball screens and some crackbacks. And we knew they would switch everything, right? Uh, and we had a small point guard and, and it, it wasn't going to work. And so we drew up another play, and then the the guys looked at me in the timeout like I was crazy. They're like, Coach, man, we've been working on Kansas or Pistol. I think it's Pistol. We've been working on Pistol all year. We're going to run Pistol. 
And so, you know, something goes back. You, you learned this in coaching way back in the day. You trust your players, right, at some point in time, right? Um, and so I was like, you damn right we're going to run pistol. What the hell was I thinking, right? We've been working on it all year for this moment. Let's go run pistol. And, um, again, wrong play for probably the, that moment. But we run pistol. They switch everything. We can't throw it back on the crack back. And Reggie Miller, our point guard, stuck on a lottery pick. You know, the lottery pick's seven foot tall. Reggie's like 5'10". Um, goes in there and throws it up on the rim, and Joe Pleasant goes and gets the rebound and gets fouled, right? So the play worked, you know, believe belief in your players and, and, and having your players believe in something. And, um, you know, we're no different than how you were coached. You know, you, you get a shot up on the rim and you send five guys to the glass, right, at that point. Um, Eddie, 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 Eddie Sutton 101, first shot doesn't beat you. The second shot always does. Second you know? shot. And, and and you hear it and you coach it and it happened. And then you got Joe, and Joe was like a low 60s, free throw shooter um but i knew those were going in right I, so, I wait, wait. so you're you're standing there okay it's an empty empty arena right um you remember you you think you're praying you're saying something uh, to yourself are you looking uh, you're not looking to, to our point earlier the ref called it and i was actually you know i mean it was a foul right it was a foul and i was glad the ref called it because uh they didn't call it in, at uh at, at, at we played tech right <laughs> uh, actually the offensive foul at tech the offensive uh, foul yeah, offensive yeah, yeah. yeah, no shit, no doubt. But uh, and then I, I really knew he was going to make him. Man, Joe, Joe Pleasant was a hard, hardworking, one of the hardest working, if not one of the, the hardest working guys. How'd you get him? How'd you get him? So he came from um, Blue Valley Northwest High School in Kansas, an unbelievable powerhouse. Um, had a hell of a high school coach. Um, damn good high school coach was coached really, really well. And again, nobody was recruiting. Evaluation, man. And then Joe just developed, man. And and Joe came from his freshman year where he didn't play a bunch to a sophomore year, played a little bit to a first team all league player as a senior. And um, I just knew how much how hard he worked. Um, he spent time on his craft. I, I just knew those were going in. You know, I, I knew it. And uh, he made the first one, and then and then the second one goes in, and obviously they call timeout, and they they got the ball full court. Um, and uh, they, they throw it in and we win the game. And, of course, we go uh, – we lose our mind. Funny, great, great story on that. I lose my mind for like five seconds. I, I remember, you know, Beard beat Purdue. He went and kissed the NCAA logo. I, I didn't go that crazy. I, I jumped up and down and hugged on uh, Tanner. And I was running over to see my wife and, and the fans up in the – we played the football stadium, so hell, they're way up there, right? Um, and I lose my mind for like five seconds. Then I realized, damn, I got to go shake, shock his hand, right? A little freaking respect. And I'll say this, man, I'll never will forget this. And the lesson I learned, because it will happen to all of us if we coach long enough, uh, Shaka stayed around. He was waiting for me at half court. And uh, he shook my hand and told me, I said, Shaka, I'm sorry, man, I lost my mind. He said, no, you should lose your mind. I lost my mind about six years ago at VCU, right? Enjoy the moment, man. It's an unbelievable story. I've been there. I lived it. I wish you the best of luck, man. You guys deserve to win. And I, uh, what, what the ultimate compliment and respect for a coach, right? Well, it, Probably one of his toughest defeats of his career he, it would have been easy for him to follow his team to the locker room, right? Uh, and, and he stayed around uh, to say those things and shake my hand. And I don't know Shaka. I, we haven't spoken since that game. Um, but I've got the utmost respect for him, and I learned a lot about coaching. Uh, because, again, if we're going to coach long enough, that's going to happen to me someday, right? And I yeah. hope I, I learned the lesson from Shaka, and I'm there to congratulate you know, a, a, a young coach on, on a career win like that. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Beard goes to Texas, and I'm sure you've thought about this in the past couple past week because Augie goes with him. He was a head coach, right? Um, all those guys were head coaches. Yep. I'm sure he asked you, what, what was the conversation like? Yeah, a tough time in my career, right? Because you got a lot going on. Do you, you know? Do you go to Texas? Do you, you know, as an assistant again? which you haven't been an assistant in a long time. Do you um, stay at Abilene Christian, a program you've built so much, you know, equity in and blood, sweat and tears building it to that point? Um, or do you get involved in the job market a little bit? I, I, I actually switched agents that night of the win. Um, I, uh, you know, obviously got to know Brad Underwood really well. <laughs> and uh, Oh, and- yeah, it's amazing. You get back to the hotel, you're like, you're fired. Brett just... Well, my contract actually was up with my other agent. And so, and and that was hard for me because I'm a loyal person. And that agent had been with me when I was nobody, right? Um, But my contract had actually expired. And so um, I was really didn't have an agent. Um, And, uh, but I did call him and told him that I was going to switch. I don't know who the guy is. Just imagine the guy, the guy's watching the game going, yes, we're going to get paid. Finally, finally, I've been, I've been on this mule for 10 damn years. And yeah. all of a the next guy's like, "Way to go! Congratulations! I'm going to call this school." And I was like, "Yeah, I listen. We got to talk." Yeah, one of the one of the hardest things I ever had to do was call call my my, my pat, the agent that been with me. Um, it was hard. Uh, you know, phone calls like that are never fun. Um, awful. Um, oh. but 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 you know. Um, so so so, I mean, how how much did you think about the beard thing? Yeah, not much. Honestly, I mean, we just felt like, uh, you know, the timing wasn't right. And, and, and I, I, I had convinced myself at this time I wanted to be a head coach, right? And I wanted to climb the ladder and I could do it. And, um, you know, to be really honest with you, I yeah. wanted to go job where I could kick Beard's butt, you know? Right. Uh, you know, Besides, your wife's like, we're at Abilene Christian. We're good. We're not, we're yeah. not moving. Wife's like, was like, yeah, let's stay here. We can coach here forever. And, you know, there were a lot of momentum at Abilene Chris at that time, Doug. We just built our, they just built a $50, $60 million brand new basketball. I mean, here, here, I mean here's the story. Six, you know, they didn't care about basketball. And then six years later, they're building a $60 million arena, right? Um, so they're building a new ba- basketball arena, a new practice facility, um, unbelievable president. 
um, that, that cared uh, about basketball and was going to take care of my family, myself, my staff. They, they were going to give us an incredible deal there at Abilene Christian to stay. Um, but then the job market hit and some jobs opened up. And obviously when, when he took Rodney, um, you know, this job um, I knew was going to open up. Um, you know, I kind of knew Rodney was leaving before a lot of people, you know, with my relationship with Beard and, and being involved in it. And um, it just made a lot of sense, man. You know, I mean, I'm from Texas, UTEP at the time, man. People, people don't know UTEP. Uh, people have forgotten about it, man. But, you know, there was a point in time where Billy Gillespie, Doc Sadler, and Tony Barbie uh, came through here, and it was one of the best mid-major jobs in the program, you know? I mean, in, no in, question. In the no question. I did when, – when he had Philly Rivera, I did a bunch yep. of their games. They, they, were, they were damn good. Really, really damn, good. Damn good. And good, good basketball fans, you know? Great That's basketball fans that care about basketball – uh, you know, Tim Floyd came after Barbie, you know, just uh, it's, it's a basketball um, that they care. They care about basketball. I mean, we still put eight or nine thousand in our games right now, you know, um, and, and we're not winning at the level that we, you know, to, to, to have that, to be honest with you. We're, we're building this program back, but um, that they, they care. They love basketball. And, um, it, you know, there was obviously a lot of good candidates for the job, but we, we were fortunate and lucky to, to get offered the job. And then. I'd never done this before, Doug, you know, because you go back to the first time with the ACU job, I was the second guy. And then, you know, they hired Grant first and no president. And here we are, uh, you know, we get the job offer and you got to make a decision quickly, right? Um, do you stay at Abilene or, or do you get on the jet in the next morning and head to, to El Paso and, and become the head coach at UTEP? And so, um, you know, a lot of conversation with my wife and I and, and um, you know, obviously our kids, we got them involved a little bit. They were young, but um and then just made a family decision that we were going to chase the dream right um utep was a great basketball job and we wanted to coach at a place that cared about basketball and we thought it was a great opportunity to build a program back um and just uh you know decided that it was time to leave abilene get out of our comfort zone a little bit and and uh, try to climb the ladder what's it like to tell the kids tell the players uh the hardest thing was telling the players uh, it was hard jeff goodman and, and um a couple others, I think we're close to breaking it, and I knew it, And, and but we hadn't signed. I, again, I've never been through this, man, but, like, they offered me the the, the, the years and the job. Um, I was ready to sign, right? But then lawyers get involved, right, and agents get involved, and it, it takes time. Um, and, and I didn't want it to get out without my players knowing, so I said, screw it, man. I, I, I knew it was about to get out, so I went and met with our president. And just thanked him. Um, and, uh, of course, it wasn't a, a, a fun conversation. He, he continued to work on me to stay there, but I knew it was time to go. Um, I went and told my AD, and then I, I called a team meeting. And a lot of tears, man, you know, to be quite honest with you, man. Very, very emotional. Um, but also challenged them and to, to get Brett Tanner, the head job, who was our assistant coach. Um, I stuck to my word, man. I, I, we had a heart-to-heart. We cried. We laughed. Um, I told him to, to, you know, support Brett uh, for the job. And then I told him I wasn't taking any of them with me in the portal. You know, they were, <laughs> they were all going to stay here with Brett because I, I wanted Brett to have success, right? Uh, year one, I didn't want to take the whole team and make Brett start over. Um, and so just made it non-negotiable right then that we weren't going to have any conversations about it. They were going to stay at Abilene and I was going to move on. And, um, it was tough, man. Really, really hard, um, to tell them, um, you know, that and the COVID deal were probably the two toughest times in coaching, right? The COVID year was tough because those seniors couldn't put on the jersey. You know, usually you lose the game, right? Your last time with the jersey on, and it's it's it's, it's okay. You lost, right? Um, you, you at least got to play the game. But the COVID year, we didn't get to play a game, right? Those senior season was just over without a game. And that was really, really hard, that team meeting. 
Um, and then this one, when I left to go to UTEP, but I wanted them to hear from me. I didn't want them to hear on the, on Twitter or here on the internet. I wanted them to hear from me. And of course my agent was telling me not to do it. Um, and, and saying, you can't do that. You can't, but, uh, in my, in the AD here at UTEP really didn't want me to do that, but I wasn't going to have it any other way. Right. Um, those guys were family and we built real relationships and they were going to hear it from me, but I also think they were happy for me. Right. At the same time, they knew what we had gone through and what we had built there. And so I think they were happy for me to have the opportunity. I like going to the same league. You know, it's not like it, it's definitely not a lateral move. A very different, very different job, though, right? I mean, to go to completely different small private school to go into a gigantic public institution that is borders Mexico. And, you know, English is a second language in many parts of El Paso. And I like El Paso. I dig. I dig H and H car wash and the whole vibe of the place. It's cool, but it is a gig. I mean, you're you're going to a completely different. So for them, it had to be, you know, it, obviously there's a financial aspect to it and just a different league. So they, you know, they they can't really see it and and, and feel it. Um, what what now? You you've done this a bunch in terms of moving and changing and. Um, what is it like though to leave Abilene a third time? It feels like that's the last time. Last time. Yeah. yeah. So it was hard, you know, and I haven't been back. Um, and, and, uh, a little bit, I just had to separate from it. Right. Um, yeah. you know, they had opportunities to go back and see some friends and there's time when you can, but, uh, my family well, you almost said, went back the other night when you were driving. And well, then I did. I went through, actually I went through Abilene. Yeah. I went through all the highway, but I didn't stop. Um, and, that's, uh, even that's gotta be weird. Or it's right. weird. I, I, yeah, I drove through and I looked around and there's different buildings, right? Even since I've been gone almost a year and a half, there was a couple of new hotels. And But yeah, it was weird driving through. And uh, I, the irony of it is when you turn off to go to our house on the loop in Abilene, there's a sign that says El Paso right there. So I drove past that sign for 10 years, right? And okay. never even thought about it, right? And then here, and then this time when I drove past it, I thought about it, right? Like we're going, we're going back to our new home. But um yeah, it, it's been, I've had to completely separate myself. I love Abilene Christian, right? I mean, I was there to your point three times. I spent, Abilene Christian took me from a little boy to a man, man, to be quite honest with you, right? I got there when I was 18 and left when I was 40, 45, 40, you know, 44, 45. So, um, you know, it, it raised me. I, I, I will always love Abilene Christian. I'm forever in debt to, to Abilene Christian and the opportunity they gave me. Um, I'm proud of what we did there. There'll be a time to go back, you know, one day and, and um, you know, celebrate all that. Uh, we got a lot of great players that will get put in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's going to be fun to go back um, and, and tell those stories. But I just had to completely separate myself, right, and, and, and get away from it because uh, otherwise it would be too difficult. Uh, how good is your team this year? I like our team, man. You know, we, we lost 10 guys uh, off the portal. Um, you know, Sule Boom is a savior now. Yeah, he's Deontay, good. Deontay, really, really, really good. Yeah, Keontae King, Memphis, Titus is at Northwestern. Um, JB, Bienemy, our point guard went pro. So we 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 lost some really good players. Uh, we started completely over, but uh, you know we're eight and four. We lost a tough game to Kent State the other night. One point game. Kent State's really good. NCAA really? tournament, they can win a game. So we're getting better, man. We're getting tougher. Um, we're starting to figure each other out. Um, we just played the conference USA, Doug. Might be, it's a really good league, and it might be as good as it's ever been. They say, you know, it's just it's just really really good basketball teams here. Yeah, and and the good teams are leaving to go to the American, you know, yeah. which they're they're yeah. loading up. Um, what is what is it like? Like Beard, when I've talked to him about it, he's like, look, I did the, I was in the ABA, I played in the ABA, so I know what he's talking about. He's like, minor league basketball really, you know, prepares you for this. 
in terms of in terms of your your roster turnover. Yeah. What, but what's that like for you to have a roster turnover where you got ten new dudes? Yeah, it's really different for me because I didn't really spend a whole lot of time in JUCO like those guys did. Um, and, and I didn't have the roster turnover. We built Abilene Christian developing players, right? Right. Um, can you, so, can you still do it? I, I'm going to say yes, you know, but, 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 uh, it's difficult, Doug, right? Like, and I, I think it's like, I think there's going to be some coaches out there now. They're going to get branded when they're, when their guys leave and they're going to be like, well, he didn't have a relationship with them, right? Or he, 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 they didn't like him. And, and then you're going to have guys that, uh, you know, you have relationships like Sule Boom. Uh, Sule Boom and I became really, really close last year, man. His car was in my parking lot for two months, uh, in, in my, in, in my driveway because it quit working when he was at Xavier. Right. I mean, I was taking care of him. Right. We still talk. Uh, we still, talk. that's probably, that's probably the NCAA violation too, but, um, you know, we, we, we talk life and, and I'm so, I'm happy for him, Doug. Right. Like he graduated from UTEP. He had a hell of a career here. He helped me in year one, win 20 games. I would like to think we helped him a little bit, you know, defensively and making him tougher, um, but he had an opportunity to go make some NIL money, go play in the Big East and go play on national television every night and go prove himself against the best, right? Um, I supported that 100%, right? Um, I was proud for him. I'm happy for him. And so some other people outside might think, oh, well, Sule Boom didn't want to play for Jogo. That, that had nothing to do with it, right? Um, we have a real relationship. I care for the kid. He had a great opportunity and I supported it, you know? Um, and so that that's what's tough at this level is I think, you know, we're going to develop kids and then they're going to have opportunities because at the end of the day, um, we're going to have some NIL money here at UTEP. We've got some great boosters and donors and, and some great companies here in town that want to help our kids. Um, and, and so we're going to have some opportunities. Um, uh, we just started some things, but we're never going to have power five. Right. I mean, that, that it is what it is. And so um, I think you can develop them. I think there's certain kids that will stay at this level and continue to have success. I think there's other kids that want to go chase it and go to go to a higher level. I think every story, every kid's going to be different. It's definitely going to be tougher to build teams like that. Um, the one part that I it, it's exhausting for me is, uh, you know, again, we're, we're relationship builders, right? And so you like to have five or six guys because sometimes we coach these kids on the relationship piece and they're like, coach, they don't believe us the first couple months, right? They think you're fake, right? You're full of shit. You're just doing it to, you know, uh, play a game with them. But then they realize it's real. And when you have five or six or seven or eight guys back, they can tell those other guys that it's real, right? But when yeah. you don't have it, you got 10 new guys, it makes it really difficult uh, to do. So the relationship piece is hard um, because, you know, you, you got to build it quick over the summer and the fall. Um, but so I think we're all having to adjust to that. And then, uh, you know, just uh, taking a team of, of guys and, and, and molding them, you know, into a team really, really quickly um, is it, challenging as well. How's your Spanish? It's getting better. Getting better. I, I tell you what, though, man. I, I mean this, Doug. I say this all the time, and this ain't no bullshit, man. Like, I love this place, man. Like, they—they they are the nicest people out here, right? Like, like it's because they're out here and they want people to love this place, right? Because they want you to leave one day. Uh, people, not just—I'm not talking about me as a coach, but residents, and to leave and, and talk good about this place, right? right. So that unbelievably welcoming the food's great they support basketball they support my family it, it is funny though that i'm sure growing up in texas you thought tex-mex was mexican food forever no. <laughs> <laughs> then, you get to, then you get to el paso like yeah no that's not at all how we do it oh and, and, and i thought i grew up in west texas right because I, I grew up in midland we call west texas if you grew up in midland you're from west texas even in Abilene, we said we were in west texas and people out here are like, bullshit, this is West Texas, right? This is as far as West as you get. So now I, I'm truly in West 
Texas right now, man. And uh, it's just great people, man. That they, they, they uh, again, the support's unbelievable. Uh, they, they, they love defense out here, right? They, the Coach Haskins, Dale, the toughness. That's how these people are out here. They have a chip on their shoulder, and and we're getting a team like that. that they they're really starting to like uh, watch, play, and support. And they, they know good basketball. It's kind of like with Coach Sutton's teams at Oklahoma State. They knew when y'all when y'all played good. They knew when you played bad, right? I mean, they, they get they get no back basketball, and um, it's fun to be at a place like that. Um, okay, la- la- last couple of things. I know you've been incredible with your time. Are Southland players because you're close with all those coaches? Are they off limit in the portal to you? Yeah. The honeymoon's over now, man. It, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, um, favorite random gym arena that you've coached in. Oh, wow. Virgin islands. <laughs> the, the exhibition tour. That's the prettiest place I've ever been, man. Virgin islands, uh, horrible basketball, but incredible place. Uh, I like it. We that, played that, that the Doolittle. We played at the Doolittle Rec Center when we were D two at ACU. When you go back to Vegas one day, man, go by the Doolittle Rec Center, man. You got a swimming pool on one side and the Rec Center. On the other. It was one of the best D two tournaments in the country because you could go to Vegas. All you guys, you guys were playing in uh, the MGM back in the day, Doug. We were playing at the Doolittle Rec Center, man. Didn't who played at a Rec Center when they were redoing their gym? Was it TCU? I think they they played in a no, Rec we, Center. Babbling Christian, we played in the tennis courts, the Teague tennis courts for the last three years. Well, they were redoing our gym. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah, when, brother. When you guys went to the NCAA tournament and beat Texas, you are playing? We played, we played in the indoor tennis court. that We put down a floor in an indoor tennis court. That's where we played our home games last two years. I was at AC. True story, man. That's amazing. It said <laughs> like eight people, I think. <laughs> uh, do you take a dip during the games? No, but I, I, I will get one at halftime, a quickie at halftime, man. I'll get me a quickie at halftime. Um, but no, what's I don't. The, what's the go-to? Copenhagen snuff, man, unfortunately. What did you do? Like, I got to think your life. I, I don't think I've ever asked Beard this. You guys are such ball guys. What did you do during COVID? We took a road trip, Beard, Noggy, and I um, went down to the Frio River um, and, and spent a week. Um, so, so we did that. My wife and I, uh, what, was the, what was the concerts, babe? Casey Donahue, a Texas country singer, did some uh, he did some uh, YouTube concerts that we would all have a couple booze in the backyard and um, did that. Um, we, I went stir crazy, to be honest with you. I know. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you guys. I went crazy. But, but, but the positive looking back was uh, I try to be intentional and I'm sure your dad was with you. Um, you learned. Your I, kid. Like, ah. I know, you know, with the kids, I know how you are as a dad. You're a great dad. And you and I've talked about it. But uh I got to spend some time, right, with the wife yeah. and kids. But the uh, wife, it also helped me because after COVID was over, my wife was like, go back and coach basketball. I'm tired of you being at home all the time, right? Like, Did she uh, ever tell you you were right for taking that job in JUCO to make no money? Did she ever no, say, hey, you're No, she'll never. They can't, they can't ever let you have that. They'll never they go back. That's part, that's part of the They can't ever let you have that. They can't ever go like, hey, remember that time? Like, you were right. This is a good life. I was, I was wrong. She'll never, she'll never let me go. Yeah, she'll never let me win that one. Nope. Nope. Uh, what is the UTEP, like, hand gesture? Because. And you can't go like this. That's hang loose. That's the road runners. Yeah. UTSA. We're, we're, we turn it the other way. So it's kind of like hang loose, turn the other way. Yeah. 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 I okay. guess it's a Maybe if I, I might be wrong on that, but uh, we're, we're the miners, so it's the pickaxe. I don't know. I hope I'm right on that. 
been here a year and a half now. I ought to know that. Um, all right. Uh, very last thing. In 10 years, Joe Gold will be where doing what? I hope I'm coaching somewhere, right? Um, because I love coaching. I love being around kids. Um, I love competing. Um, but so I, I hope I'm coaching it somewhere. And obviously the ultimate goal is to play for a national championship, right? To play on a Monday night. Um, that that's the dream and that's the gold. And, 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 uh, um, you know, it's, it's obviously tough to do at Abilene Christian. It's tough to do in today's world at UTEP, but we're going to continue to try to try to, you know, um, try to get there. That's been a little goal. You know, Beard and I had that on a napkin, Doug, years ago, man. Um, in an old dive bar, man, we, we put down some life goals in a napkin. I think Beard still has the napkin, but one was to play on the last Monday night. And, you know, we had the opportunity to watch him do it. Uh, at Texas Tech, and and one of the hard, another hard night in mine was when they lost. You know, we stayed up all night with him, um, and obviously, what a tough game, right, against Virginia in overtime. You're so close, but he got, you know, he he, he played on Monday night, and I would I would love the opportunity to play on Monday night as well. What was the dive bar? I think it was the Poodle Lounge in Austin, Texas. It's called the Poodle Lounge. They had free rice and beans on Sunday. We used to work at camp in Round Rock, and we were always looking for free meals. And there was a um, it was uh, Rooster Shit Sunday. It was with Jenny's Jenny's Saloon or Jenny's Lounge, and there they had they they every Sunday they'd have live music. Usually it was Dale Watson, and they would put a, a cover over the pool table of a hundred numbers, a hundred squares with a cage on top. Everybody bet on a square for a buck. They put the rooster in there and whatever number of shit on. Yeah. You know, you Money, you bet on a number. So we would play that for like three or four hours, and then we would go across the street down the block or two to the Poodle Lounge and eat rice and beans, and uh, have a have a few. That was our Sunday at uh, Round Rock. All right, actually, I I, I I lied. I have one more. All right, All right, so Austin used to be the coolest place in in Texas, right? And I agree. I mean, it's and it's still cool, but there's so many California raisins like myself moving in there. It it's ain't corporate. Just- it's stiff. It ain't. It ain't it, like it used to be. It ain't the same Austin, man. Okay. Like, so give me the give me the place that only Texas guys know. Like you gotta this this is a great place. In Austin? No, in Texas. In, in Texas. Texas. Well, Frio River is obviously, you know, close to my heart. We always took the river trips. Um, you know, and, and beer started that years ago with a bunch of people, but there's a small group of us that started going the Frio River. Uh, on Labor Day, and then and then it evolved to a bunch of coaches, and it turned into a big, big, big deal, uh, which is where we built a lot of relationships and networked. Uh, so the Frio River has always been there. Um, Wait, so when you go to the Frio River, you go like you camp well, at a well, hotel, at a motel. Like what do you do? We camp. Uh, we camp. We camp in tents. We don't sh- we don't shower. Uh, it's three day basically retreat. Uh, we we drink some cold beer. Um, we get around a campfire, Cliff Carroll, who's the coach at Mary Harden Baylor, uh, was a, was a manager for beard at tech. He does all the cooking for us. Um, and we, we hang around and we, we, you just hang out and fish or, and, and that's it. So in the morning we get up and eat breakfast and then we, we, we go get our inner tubes and we float the river all day and drink some beer and tell stories and catch up. And then it, we, we have some wrap bologna sandwiches that we, we eat halfway down the river. Um, and then when we get back to the campsite at night. Um, we, uh, Cliff Carroll, uh, have dinner ready for us. We eat dinner and then we, we, we tell some stories and then Gary P. Nunn always plays on Labor Day. So we always go to the Gary P. Nunn concert, but Augie got us kicked out of the campground our last year there. Uh, if that shouldn't surprise you. Um, and so what, luckily, what did he do? I, hell if I know, man, he did something and pissed the guy off that ran it. Um, and, and funny story is, um, 
the guy's name was Andy Beard, and he's actually become a great took care of us for five years or five or six years. And then uh, uh, we we uh, we we end up going back about two years ago, two or three years ago. I guess we all had a reunion. And of course, this time now Beard's hit it, right? So now we're all on full scholarship. Beard's paying for everything, right? So um, Beard got us a house. So we were living the five-star life, man. Uh, we, we actually had a house for the first time, not a campsite, but we, we went back to Andy Beard's place uh, and said hello to him. And, and it was great, man. We, we laughed and told stories and, um, you know, he laughed about kicking us out and uh, it was great. He said, you guys are more than welcome, you know, to come stay here again. We said, no, no, no. You know, you kicked us out, man, once we're, we're not coming back. But it all, as you know, life always comes full circle, man. No question. No question. Well, you've been great with your time. I know you got a road game. Got to take on Andy Kennedy. That little point guard is tough. He's Holy. really good. He's really good. He shoots really the ball a little bit better than I did. <laughs> a lot better than I did. <laughs> I went much better. I went much better. Hey, I appreciate your time, man. I enjoyed this summer catching up with you, man, learning a lot about your family and your story. And, man, I'm proud of you and what you're doing. And who knows what the future holds for both of us, man. But I'm a fan of you, man. Keep grinding, man. Like, likewise. I might I might invite myself on that Trio River trip this, this, this year. You, you ever get down here too, man? Come by a practice show, man. Come hang out. I, I will. I appreciate you. Travel safe to Birmingham and thanks for joining me. All right. See you, Doug. All right. My thanks to Joe Gold. My thanks to you for listening. Man, we got great stuff in, in the hopper. If you'd like this, I'll listen to any of our catalog of, uh, of stories, of interviews here on the All Ball podcast. Reminder the Doug Gottlieb show is daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific. There's also an hour pod called In the Bonus. Uh, that one's fun. Uh, I think you'll really like it. Now, that's just all sports, not just centrally focused on basketball, all sports, but um, kind of more same personal commentary, same level of interviews and depth, just not the same depth and length, obviously. Anyway, in the bonus is the pod. The Doug Gottlieb show is the show. Of course, you can download all that stuff. Just be a psycho fan. That'd be cool. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for Joe Golden for joining me. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.